Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and COVID-19, being forced into online learning. With us in our virtual studio is Dr. Melissa Malin. Uh, before we get into the show, uh, some announcements. Our program is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, we're very proud of that. But, also better known as Chad. And in celebration of that, we're giving away free co- free digital copies of Attention Magazine. All you need to do is listen to our show. We're going to share a secret word a couple times. Write it down on a piece of paper. Listen to a second show for the secret word. Write that down on a sheet of paper and then send me an email with both secret words. The email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Again, that's attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When I get those, we'll verify the secret words. We'll forward your email to Chad. They'll get you a digital copy of the current edition of uh, Attention Magazine, and then they will send you the next copy. Um, and it's good to get in right now because our guest, Melissa, actually has an article in um, the August uh, 2012 edition uh, that was actually prompted from an interview we did with her back in 2013, so we're proud of that. Um, also, it's not too early to start thinking about the annual international conference on ADHD. Years past, it's always been on location, but because of COVID, it's going to be virtual this time, so there's no reason not to go. The date is November the 5th through the 7th. Um, you can learn more about that by going to chadd.org. Um, it's going to be a really interesting uh, experience. There's some special software that they've got to try to make it as interactive as they can, which we're going to be talking a lot about today, about being connected with online learning. Um, but before people had to fly or spend hotel nights and stuff like that, this is a, this is a really good way to kind of get involved. And we encourage you to, uh, to uh, sign up and participate uh, this year. Our program is, is being brought to you by Chad. We've got a little tip that we're going to run, and then we'll get into the show. So here we go. Listening to Chad's All Things ADHD and ADHD 365 podcasts is an excellent way to stay on top of the latest ADHD news and information. You will have access to expert advice, tips, and strategies for managing ADHD. Start listening today at chad.org slash podcast. Thanks again, Chad, for your support. Uh, for those that are not aware, CHAD is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners and fans to uh, either become a member or to contribute financially through donation because a, a strong financial CHAD is a strong uh, ADHD voice. Remember, they're the ones that are on Capitol Hill <clears throat> that are lobbying um, and spending time with regulatory agencies working on definitions so those with ADHD get accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, to learn more, to donate, and or to learn more about the conference, go to chadd.org. So our topic tonight, ADHD and COVID-19, being forced, <clears throat> excuse me, being forced into online learning. With us in our virtual studio is uh, Dr. Melissa Malin. Um, she's the owner of um, – Oxy Lou Academic Coaching LLC, and forgive me for that because it was a 
the spelling is kind of awkward for me again. It's Oxylu <laughs> Academic. Uh, she's the co-founder of Nonprofit Focus and Learning Center and volunteers as vice president of the Minnesota Council for the Gifted and Talented. She coaches students and adults with performance challenges and executive function and self-regulation, as well as those with ADHD and other learning disorders. She's an international conference speaker and provides professional development for teachers and counselors. She's earned a master's degree in counseling, counseling psychology from University of St. Thomas and a PhD in education from the University of Minnesota. Uh, she was she has conducted research um, on the experience of parents of uh, students with ADHD and is developing programs targeted improving student underachievement. Her website, and I'm going to spell this to you, is axylu-academics.com. So it's pronounced Oxylu, but it's spelled axylu again dash academics. So with that. Uh, Melissa, welcome to the show. Well, hi, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Excited. Uh, well, I'm, we're thrilled to have you invited. And everybody, before we started this, I practiced this with her a couple times to get the name <laughs> of her company right. And so you know me, I'd have to stumble. So my apologies, but I got it right in the end. So let's yeah. start this thing off. So Melissa, because of COVID-19, um, online learning is here. Like it, whether you like it or not, um, many are being forced into that. Um, it's It's – in my opinion, and, and, and you can we can agree to disagree, but if online learning was the optimal learning environment, we would have already converted everything to that right now. Uh, but needless <laughs> to say, it is optimal given the COVID environment. Um, is, is, do you agree with that, or do you have a difference of opinion, or just what's your thoughts? Oh, I completely agree that we are definitely in an online learning and learning from home situation, and it is not by our choice. It is because we're of course, trying to keep everyone safe because of the pandemic, and it is not optimal, especially for students that have attention challenges. So I do agree with you. <laughs> it's, yeah, so I, let's start at a high level because everybody – I've been getting phone calls, and I talk to a lot of other organizations. They're, they're, they're scrambling around for the perfect answer and the perfect solution for this, and I'm not so sure there are – tips, tricks, and strategies it really depends on the environment that you're in, the kids that you're in, what resources that you have. But the one thing that I've learned in this pandemic is when it first started, I actually did a show for adults working at home. And I said, basically, you need the mindset of simulating the work environment as close as possible to you to, to, to at home. And I even had shared how I had a few CEOs who had ADHD and would struggle because they needed the interaction of people. And literally some of them would have their direct reports on a zoom call all day. There wasn't a meeting. It was just everybody get on. You could look up and you could see who's at the desk. And if you need to have a conversation, you'd kind of ping them and it, you, the two of you would go off mute and you'd have a conversation and you go back to it. And I'm sharing that because the idea is to simulate that work environment and the absence of that what you would do would be having conversations with people via email, which can be taxing to your, your working memory and create self-regulation issues with regard to that and, mm -hmm. and bring down productivity. So at the end of the day, it seems to me that when it comes to academics, stimulating as close as you can, that learning environment would really be the right mindset to go. Thoughts on that? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. So even though students aren't required to get up and be at the bus at 7 a.m. or in the school by 8 a.m., establishing a schedule like that in your home and making sure people have a, a time to rise and get ready for school and have a place where they go and do their work, simulating the classroom or the workspace and getting ready for, for work and for school is incredibly important. I completely agree with you. 
Yeah, and you said that that's really important. One of the things that I talked about in my my work environment thing is 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 the commute. Literally, you commute to wherever your workspace is, and that workspace is where you work. Mm-hmm. You don't do personal stuff that's there. And what I'm hearing is is you're on that schedule, and the kids they don't get on the bus and do that. But that routine, okay, I'm getting there and I'm getting settled, is really important. Then I also heard something else about um, that workspace for them simulate now yep. i want to talk about that in detail but the fundamentals are that mindset of we're going to we're, we're not in school but we have need a day that's scheduled and structured like school absolutely really important absolutely absolutely and i think a workspace that's abs- that's completely dedicated to student work where the laptop is set up or a desktop is set up there's nothing in the space except only the few items that the student will need in order to be able to see the work online and connect in a video or you know do whatever is required depending on the age of the student but knowing that that is the space for work and that is where you go at 8:30, and the whole household drives everyone toward a start time and a start place and the desk mm-hmm. can a desk can be very simple and it can just be like in the living room next to the fireplace or something it doesn't have to be a fully mm-hmm. dedicated room in the home but that that schedule and that structure is what people with ADHD need in order to know where to go and how to get started in doing work. Very important. So, yeah, so let's talk about this for a second. The desk and those items. To me, um, one of the elephants in the room, we, we take a look at people with ADHD and they say they have attention problems. To me, it's often a working memory issue and um, they're sitting there on a computer screen and they have that screen that's up. It's interesting because school, we think about that, but in workplaces, we have many people who have multiple screens, like three or four screens that are up. And so when we're sitting there and you imagine that you're in a class, um, I know my kids went through and they had a computer, but you have a screen, which is you're looking up at the whiteboard or the teacher or the PowerPoint, and you're looking down at a screen that might have some notes and stuff that you're taking or whatever. To me, that that environment is is when we say you need to set up that work environment we begin to think of the screen as a teacher, but to me, there should be multiple screens um, for that person because they might be typing notes on one and looking at something on another. So some of this is you have to kind of look back at the literal stuff and start to say figuratively what's there. Does this make some sense? You got some thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I definitely think it's important to know the student, the age of the student, and the way the student works best. And absolutely, if you're looking at a screen, which might include a video from a teacher or a live session or just simply, you know, moving through some some slides or something like that, having a second screen or a pencil and paper or whatever, um, you know, sort of system works for the student, absolutely. I think that's really important. And as you've mentioned before, trying to get into situations where um, the student isn't just relegated to reading, reading, reading on his, her, or their own is really important. So the video, I don't know, I have some students that have said, oh, you know, my teacher said the meeting at one was optional. We didn't have to go to the Zoom meeting or the Google Classroom meeting. I would say definitely make it a priority to get to those situations where the student can actually speak to other people, can hear other people, can um, share ideas and information and not just only look at a screen and read um, because it's really hard to engage and persist in that situation. Yeah, and that's, that brings us to a, a big, big point that I want to spend a lot of time on. But So I don't want to do this chopped up, so let's go to a break real quick. We're going to come back, and we want to talk about connection and the value of that, bring that into it. For those that are listening, our secret word tonight is forced, as you're being forced into <laughs> online learning. Um, Melissa's website is axylu-academics.com, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. 
Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer. Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents. And Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini course on developing social skills for children. That's playbetterplan.com. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an Edge Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Melissa Malin, and we're talking about forced online learning. Before the break, we were to say, hey, listen, if online learning was optimal, then we wouldn't be even have classroom environments. Uh, kind of a, a blanket state, but needless to say, we want to frame this up. Number two is, as we're getting into this, this notion of the mindset to be successful is to set up your home environment for study as much as you can as the classroom. We talked about the need for structure in terms of commuting and time. We've also been talking about of the space. One thing that's near, near and dear to my heart is working memory, and often I find that people at work or even students are working on like one screen um, or a certain small confined area. And we've talked about, we've had other shows on working memory that talks about in the old days when I used to go to class, we had a book and we had notes, and I could highlight the book and I could highlight my notes, and my eyes would dart on the table going back and forth, and I could reference two pieces of material that related to each other. When you got on a computer and you're dealing with one screen, number one, it's hard to annotate in an easy way like they used to. You can with an iPencil now and you can on Microsoft Surface computers, but not all of them. Not everybody has those. And if, even if you did, when you read maybe some text or something somewhere and you've got to toggle to another program or another tab and remember what you read and scroll down to try to find what's related, that can be taxing on working memory and it creates um, problems. It's very hard, so people start to have focus issues. That's what it looks like, but it's really working memory. And in the business world, we've got two computer screens up where a person could go back to where their eyes are looking at two screens and relating those back to each other. And I find in the, in the school environment, a lot of times these students are working with one. So I advocate on that. We also did a show years ago with Dr. Russell Barkley on working memory. And all you have to do is just Google Attention Talk Radio GPS. 
And we went through the stuff about working memory. We got to the end of it. We kind of agreed that paper sometimes is high tech for people with ADHD. So sometimes that environment is actually having a printer close at hand where that's got ink in it so that people can print and put that on the table to, 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 to lay that out. These might sound like very small things, but I've had a huge success with the people that I'm working to. Even in the business environment, I've had people like went from struggling to, oh, my God, I get this with just the addition of screen. So we were mm-hmm. talking about that. But to me, the elephant in the room and the big, really big deal, and, and Melissa, you and I talked about this, is the need to stay connected and to have conversations and interact. Because when you're in school, in a physical environment, whether it's middle school, high school, graduate school, undergraduate degree, that interaction is really, 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 really important, at least from my perspective. Can you give us your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the interaction is very important because it allows the student to talk through Um, content, questions, ideas, inspirations, and when students don't have a connection, they often don't have a a place to start or a way to sort of work their way through the content and what's being discussed. So I completely agree, and I think it's really important for students to, maybe even before the school year starts, ask to have a FaceTime or a Zoom or a Google Meet kind of meeting where they can have a get-to-know-you conversation with the teacher and really self-advocate and say, I need, I need these opportunities in this class. So I think that's what well, or, or You can do that at the beginning of the year, but I, I know when I went to college, I was like, I was the first person in the professor's office at office hours to do exactly what you meant, but I would go in all the time <laughs> for a few reasons. One is, to me, the teacher's job is to make learning easier. And they have office hours for that reason. I would go in and I would ask questions because sometimes I could find out, you know, there's a re- there's a book that I was supposed to read that was their favorite book. They weren't going to test me from it. But for me, yeah. being a, a slow reader, I would like, wait a second, I can just take that off and I can focus more and get more out of the time that I spend on the right stuff. That's one. Two, a lot of times teachers would kind of help guide you a little bit and make things a lot mm-hmm. easier in terms of what to pay attention to material. But the other thing, Absolutely. too, is – that I want to kind of get to, you said the word talk through when you're with somebody and you're going back and forth and, and you you're thinking about something and there's a moment of ambiguity. If you're at your desk all by yourself, you're really at, at a crossroads where to, if you're not really clear, you've got to go exert a lot of effort to go find what you're not really clear about. And if you're not really clear on where to get clarity, that's when you get up and go do something else. But if you're sitting there Absolutely. having a conversation <laughs> with a teacher and you have that conversation, often they can kind of dial you in and you saved all that time and effort. And so it's really important for me is that even if you set this stuff up is even take advantage of teacher's office hours or time when you can on a regular basis to stay connected so that you can interact. Um, and I don't think people think about that in those terms these days. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. It's really important um, to be able to have the conversations. And when you said, when you mentioned, you know, if a person says, well, I really don't exactly know, is it, do I, am I looking at it to the left or to the right? Or how do I really get the answer to this one thing that I'm trying to figure out? Then that produces a stall. And I think that's an excellent point that you made that a student might say, well, I'll just come back to this later, or I need to go look something up, or I need some kind of help. And if they don't have the avenue of conversation or the idea in this online learning situation that, hey, I should uh, send my teacher a message right now and ask for a live conversation, or I should, I should go to an office hours, or I should connect with a friend and have a conversation, then they just sort of put it to the side, and it, it never gets reconnected, and the work does not get completed, and then they lose points or even a fail an assignment or something. So I think that's incredibly important what you're saying in this learning situation. 
And, and the reason I want to highlight this, Melissa, is that staying connected and having those live conversations or like, hey, there's an optional thing. You, you need to go to that optional thing because also, you know, a lot of times a conversation unexpected will break out in one of those that can provide insight. But that live conversation is not typically something that's in the tip tricks and strategies. They, they're, they're, those things are methodical, but to me, this is the elephant in the room because it makes it so much easier. And so the idea is to highlight this so people will actually advocate for themselves because so often they just it's you know, I got to reach out to the teacher da, da, and scheduling is kind of a pain, but it's really a value to do that and really to advocate, which is why we're spending so much time. So it sounds really pretty easy, but I think a lot of people don't end up doing that because of just the friction of getting it done. And then really what right. I want to encourage people to do is to stand up and advocate for yourself because it can be a real big difference between success and failure. Yep, absolutely. Self-advocating is incredibly important. And when you're talking about using conversation, that is really a tool that facilitates learning and investigation and getting questions answered and sort of knowing how to, where, how do I keep going and where, and where do I, where do I keep going toward when I'm learning, especially online and self-advocating. I think it's really important. And really what that means is to explain the needs that you have while you are learning and especially while you are learning at home and especially while you are learning online. So self-advocating doesn't mean trying to solve a problem later after, you know, you've received a low score. It means talking ahead of time with your teacher, each one before the school year starts or as the year is starting, having a conversation and saying, these are the needs I have in the area of working memory, in the area of organizing or planning, or um, I really need to talk things through. So how can you help me either connect with other students or connect with you? And I need to do this regularly, not just when I'm in a crisis and I'm solving a problem. Absolutely. Tell you what, we need to go to break for time. We'll come back and we'll pick up on our conversation. Our secret word tonight is forced, and uh, everybody should check out uh, uh, Dr. Melissa Lynn's her website. It's uh, Axilu Academics. That's A-X-Y-L-U-Academics.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody. We are back with Dr. Melissa Malin talking about uh, 
online learning, um, we've been covering a lot of material, and one of the themes that we've been talking about is that mindset of recreating the school environment as best you can or simulating at home. Uh, we talked about workspace, and we've been talking about staying connected. And one of the other things, too, I wanted to highlight, you know, Melissa, I remember when I was in college, um, I would often do homework with people. And in fact, I remember mm-hmm. I was dating a girl I was taking geology or something like that. We would kind of go, what was interesting is, you know, if we were studying for an hour and a half, for the most part, we'd be quiet. But um, there would be a few touch points in there that I would be confused or she would be confused or whatever. We would lean over and kind of help each other out. And I think a lot of times in these online learning environments, those study groups or study with somebody else is not there. And I'm, I'm, I hold that because I learned years ago from a lot of professional organizers this concept of body doubles. Like literally professional organizers will go into houses, particularly those with ADD, and maybe helping them organize a room where the person with ADD is actually doing everything. They're literally almost just keeping them company. And so mm-hmm. sometimes actually having a Zoom or a FaceTime meeting where it's just up and you're doing your work, but you've got somebody live that you can interact mm-hmm. when you hit those spaces and walls, that goes back to what we're talking about reconnected in. These are the types of things I don't think people think about when they're working at home. They're very effective in the regular environment, but but they don't translate into that. And so does this make some sense to you? Absolutely, it makes sense to me. And I think when you're saying to just sort of have someone available, meaning having a FaceTime with a friend open or having you know some sort of Zoom meeting with a couple of students that you're working with open, then when working memory challenge, uh, challenges occur, or how do I get started on this part, or how do I persist and finish this part off, then the, the, the collaborators, the other students or a teacher are there. And like you said, a conversation can occur that facilitates learning and completion of work. I think that's a really good point. Yep. So one of the things that I, people out there are saying, this all sounds really good in theory, but how do I actually kind of get that done? To me, this is where you stand up and, you know, at the beginning of the class, you go around and you say, hey, listen, I, I'm looking for a study buddy or study partner. I'm basically want to find the easy way of doing this. Is anybody else with me? And if you put it in those terms, a lot of times other people that need that will volunteer. Not, will you study with me? I need study partners, but I'm looking to figure out a way to make this as easy as possible. I find studying groups makes that happen. I think if you just spin at that angle a little bit, a lot of people will step forward and you can begin to mm-hmm. get these study groups kind of going as opposed to a lot of people with ADHD sometimes like, I don't want to need help. But if you listen, yeah. <laughs> it's not about help. I want to do this as easy as possible. Who's with me? That it changes that right. conversation. They kind of jump on board. Thoughts on that? Right. Absolutely. And I think you're making a great point, which is to sort of set up a way to connect with people and self-advocate for yourself so that from the beginning of the learning year, you can use a conversation and connection with others to facilitate and support your learning and not to sort of try and find someone to help you two weeks before the end, figure out what the assignment was and, you know, play this catch-up game. So connecting with others and conversing with others is actually a tool for studying and for learning and should be started immediately at the beginning of the year. Absolutely. One other thing I want to touch, just touch base on this a little bit, not go just for depth. We could spend a lot of time. There's a lot of online learning management systems out there that are being used. Um, My impression is there's a lot of different ones out there. Is that the case or is there really a limited few? to your knowledge. Well, I think there yeah, I think there are a lot of different ones and the school district uh, for K to 12 will decide which system they use, whether it's Google Classroom or Schoology or some other type and the college environment Canvas or Moodle or something else. The learning institution will choose the learning management system that your student will be using and you just 
go from there. Whichever one they're using, just learn about that one. Got it. And some of those out there um, might be new to institutions. Other times you might have faculty just trying to figure some of that stuff. Some people probably gravitate to it. So I would think right now that there's sometimes it's a, some of these tools are godsend, but other times people are still in the process of trying to figure that out. Is that misrepresentation or is that accurate? That's absolutely true. And even if your school has been using a, a, a learning system, a learning management system, not all of the teachers have been using it. Some might have their own website. Some might only rely on in-person uh, instruction. So, yes, it's going to be very difficult to um, to get in a situation where all of the teachers are using yep. the learning management system. I agree. Yep. Which can be a challenge, which goes back to get connected, get in conversation, talk to the teachers yeah. on a regular basis, advocate, try to find extra office hours. At the end of the day, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and I hope everybody's going to squeak a lot out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Any other any other like little tidbits and stuff that we want to share before we pull this together, Melissa? Um, no, but I just think what you've mentioned several times, which is to self-advocate in order to remain connected, is incredibly important. Use your conversation and your connection and your charisma for talking with people as a facilitator for your learning. And self-advocate by saying what you need, not just that you have ADHD. Talk about working and, memory, organizing, and all that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what you need is you need FaceTime with teachers to have individual conversations for you to kind of get that. A lot of times people don't realize that's what they need, but sometimes you just need to be able, as as Melissa said earlier in the show, talk through it. So with all that, Absolutely. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Okay, thank you very much. I enjoyed talking with you. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, our secret word tonight is forced. Again, it's forced. And Melissa's website, axylu academicscom We hope this has helped you change your mindset a bit so that you can be effective. Uh, With that, we hope you've enjoyed this. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.